You know, sometimes you just don't know where to start with interviews. I'm just going to dive in there. Nine minutes after one on WGN, Steve Dale on the phone with Mayor Lori Lightfoot. A tough, tough time. Ariana Preston, Chicago police officer, killed, and you were talking about it and became very emotional, Mayor. I, I How can you not? This is This is too many times, right? Well, it's too many times, and I had just come from seeing um, her mother and stepfather and sisters and family who were just reeling um, in disbelief, but grief, and the knowledge of the fact that she was not going to be coming home again was just starting to set into them. And you can't bear witness to something like that and not feel a sense of incredible emotion. And yes, it's happened way too many times. And I pray to God every day that it doesn't happen again. But it would be impossible for me not to be emotional and ask the question how I felt um, this coming as my time as mayor was running down. And it, it really wasn't about me through the lens of being a mayor. It's, I was feeling it as a mom myself, as a as just as a human being and a resident of this city. We've had so much pain. So much uncertainty that's upended our lives over these last four years. It was just hard in that moment not to be anything other than emotional because it felt so raw. Indeed. And you are perceived as not particularly a supporter of the police. The rank and file, uh, you must know, don't have a love affair with you. Do you think at several levels, maybe by people who do what I do in the media, uh, you have been, as mayor, misunderstood. Well, look, um, I, I could have a lot to say about that, but it really doesn't matter at this point. I know who I am. <clears throat> the people around me know who I am. And I I, I just came from the St. Jude's um, March this morning, uh, where we give honor to those who have fallen. Yeah. Um, I'm there. I'm present this former federal prosecutor, former member of the police department. I think the people who um, have the capacity to look beyond the, the rhetoric, um, as unfortunately too many people in the media don't, and just perpetuate the, the rhetoric. But I think the people who have the capacity to look beyond that, they know who I am, and they know what I've done, and that's all that matters to me. You know, you suggested at one time that is because you're an African-American, you're a woman, and uh, you are gay, all of those things. But when Sophia King was in the studio, when she ran for mayor, former alderman, uh, she said, well, I don't quite understand that thinking. She said, yes, it's true, but you're also offering a false narrative. How much do you blame, really, the media for, if anything? Again, it really doesn't matter at this point. It is what it is. And, you know, with due respect to Sophia King, every black woman in leadership knows that we are viewed through a different lens. It's not really a debatable topic. I don't think she'd argue that either. But I think what she was saying is that maybe too much is being made of it, but she's not here to talk about it. And I hear discomfort in your voice. And I do want to ask you about something else. You were well, on... It's not discomfort. It's just irrelevant at this point. Okay. And, and you know, it is what it is. I, I'm not here to debate it. I'm not here to dissect what somebody um, who 
I don't know well said. It's really irrelevant at this point. I, I came on the show because you asked me to, mm-hmm. and you, you've been pleading with me to come on, but I'm not here to debate the personality question. No, no, no. That, I, that's I, what I, you and the media are, are fixated on, but it's irrelevant to me. Well, hopefully I've been fair. <laughs> uh, so I, I do want to ask you about a, uh, an issue that is certainly not irrelevant, and that's the immigrants uh, there are 8,000-plus that have arrived here. You were on CNN eloquently speaking about this issue. Uh, at this point, uh, do you think that it's an overreaction of local communities? Do you think that the federal government is not uh, giving us enough? And you've already expressed, and I'd like you to again talk about, okay, someone comes here from a place like Venezuela where they have no options, no choices, and they actually are not allowed to work once they get here. Look, the, the problem of immigration in this country has been one of longstanding. And I've said this many times. It's a national problem that requires a national solution. And, of course, every man in this, the country wants more resources, more support, particularly those of us in cities like Chicago and New York and um, <clears throat> D.C., Denver, where we are um, being victimized by a governor in Texas who is politicizing this issue, this complicated issue, for political gain. We want support. We want resources. And, of course, we want work permits for the people that are being allowed into this country legally. I think that's a point that gets lost in the shuffle. The people who are coming here are being processed by our federal government and being paroled, that's the legal term, into this country legally. And yet they're being given no ability to take care of themselves with work permits. That's not right. That's not fair. And it puts an added burden on the cities in which they go to, like Chicago. And we have to get more support from the federal government, starting with way more money from FEMA and 1B would be um, allowing these folks to be able to work. You know this, that in our city, there are lots and lots of open jobs. I am confident that we could put every able-bodied adult to work yesterday if they could do so with work permits given by the federal government. It's not right that they sit and languish for months and months and months and months with an uncertain future and no ability to take care of themselves and their families. It's not right. And have frankly, it's un-American. Understood. Have you been able to have a conversation mm-hmm. with any federal mm-hmm. officials about what you've been talking, what you just said here, but have been talking about, and other mayors have expressed as well? I have been talking about all of these issues since early September when the first buses came to our city. I've talked to the White House. I've talked to FEMA. I've talked to the Secretary of DHS. I've talked to the Labor Secretary. I have talked and talked and written letters, both myself individually, in conjunction with various mayoral um, associations and with individual mayors. And mostly, unfortunately, it's fallen on deaf ears. But I knew that, nonetheless, we had to step up and do our part. That's what being a welcoming city is all about. It's not just welcoming city where you get to fly a banner um, and say nice things in the easiest of times. This is in the toughest of times where you have to actually operationalize and live your values. It was a tough mayoral election at first, I think, 
<laughs> 7,000 people were running or something like that. And, <laughs> and surprisingly, by many, the Chicago current mayor did not prevail. Brandon Johnson sort of came out of nowhere, a Cook County commissioner. People hadn't even heard his name. But on the other hand, when you first said, Lori Lightfoot, that's who I am, I'm running for mayor, people didn't know your name either. What, what advice do you have for Brandon Johnson? Well, look, I'm loath to give him advice. Um, I'm sure there's lots of different people in his ear, but I think the most important thing is to be willing to listen, and particularly those with whom you disagree, and to be really humble. This is a tough, tough job, it, and I pray um, that he understands that. I pray that he is ready to govern on May 15th when the mantle is passed to him, and I pray for our city um, that he rises above um, the forces that may have propelled him into office and that he governs for all the people. Rises above the forces that propelled him into office. So I'm listening. Uh, that is the Chicago Teachers Union. Is that what you're referring what I'm saying is that he's got to be the mayor for the whole city, not the mayor for a certain now clouded, powerful um, group of individuals or institutions. He's got to be the mayor for the whole city. As I'm looking outdoors, and it's a beautiful sunny day in Chicago. Thank you for that, Mayor. You're responsible, I'm sure, for all the <laughs> sunny days. Uh, I look where the NASCAR race is going to be. That's one of your achievements. What are you... Ah, oh, yeah. So we're we're narrow on time here, so I'm sure you'd like 45 minutes to rattle off the achievements, but we only have about a minute. <laughs> well, look, I think the most important thing is raising people's hope, and really, um, really coming forward with a completely different pact between the governed and the people who the populace elected to govern. You know, I came into office uh, with a mandate to break through the status quo that had failed our city in its entirety for far too long. There were too few people that were benefiting from the investments and resources that the city government had to offer. And my goal was to completely upend that paradigm. And I think we did that. We operationalized what it means to govern with equity and inclusivity. And my prayer is that that continues. The work's not done. This is just a baton being tossed, a pass in a long relay. Hmm. So we have many, many, many more miles on our journey towards a city that really um, equity and inclusion are embedded into our DNA. I hope that's the case. Uh, So I suggested a job when you are done with being mayor, Uh, And you said, no, with all due respect, I don't want to be Steve Dale's dog walker. So (laughs) assuming you're not going to do that, although it's still open, uh, what will you do you think you do? Well, um, I'll have more to say about that on the other side of things. But my goal is to make sure, obviously, that I secure my family's financial future. But I'm going to continue um, being present in places in the city that I think continue to need my help. I mean, I continue to drive um, as best as I can um, revitalization of neighborhoods through economic development and he- healing um, social and emotional wounds 
that have existed for quite some time and certainly got exacerbated during the course of the pandemic. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I'm not going to disappear. This is still my city. I'm just going to be doing it as Private Citizen Lightfoot. Well, Private Citizen Lightfoot, my best to Amy and your entire family. And you know, number one on my list is Hank. And, and <laughs> Hank is sitting at my feet. Is he really? Wondering why I'm not feeding him again for the <laughs> fourth time today. I will let you go feed Hank for the fourth time today. And I know you have a function to go to. I am always grateful for your time. You have to make me a promise, though, that this won't be the end of talking to Lori Lightfoot. Well, I will be... There was a long pause there. Did you notice? Um, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how much I'm going to be uh, embracing uh, the media after May 15th, but never say never. Well, I think I've been fair to you. Mayor Lightfoot, thank you so much. I do appreciate your time. I always do. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care.